Hello and welcome to Another Round with Plato, the podcast that gives you an insight into fermentation. Today we are going new school as we are talking to Species X Beer Project that utilizes artificial intelligence and machine learning as an active part of their everyday business. I think you're going to learn some new tricks in this podcast episode, so uh, bring out your notepad and a pen and of course a cold brew and let's dive into the episode. As an uh, entrepreneur, you might have ideas that are uh, out of this world, uh, but some people take it more literal as our next guest. Uh, I want to welcome Bo Warren of uh, Species X Beer Company from uh, uh, Ohio. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, and I'm excited too because uh, I gotta admit I'm like a uh, yeah I'm, I'm old school in my heart when it comes to beer, but you're bringing this uh, this into to this current uh, uh, date with uh, what you're doing. But before we go into uh, Species X and uh, the beer project you have there, I uh, just want to get a little bit of a background on you. So the the first uh, mentions I have of your name is not within beer at all, but actually within uh, American football. So. So I, I guess that like sports was a huge thing for you uh, uh, growing up before you got into um, uh, got into beer. Yeah, so um, my family is very deeply rooted in in football. Um, my dad played uh, on the uh, the Commanders um, for 14 years. Hmm. It's actually how I met my wife as well. Uh, my father-in-law is. Um, also played on the same team and that's how we met. Okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, with that, I, I played, I played football in my life, um, played football in college, uh, at Virginia tech, and then got picked up by the Rams, um, for a week before quitting, um, because I, <laughs> my passion just ran out and, yeah. um, I wanted to do something that I was very passionate about and, that passion was uh, diving into the beer industry. Mm. So uh, that same week after they flew me back home um, to my my uh, parents' house in Clifton, Virginia, I I walked into the the local brew pub and I was like, I'll do whatever whatever needs to be done in order to get you know to be helping with the brewmaster there. So mm. that's when it all started. And and it's uh, it takes a little bit of a, a, a guts because um, competing at the level of uh, well the level that you you are when you're getting drafted by a, a NFL team like the Rams and then uh, quite quickly figuring out that I don't want to do this even with the time uh, invested in the um, uh, in 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 yourself in the sports. Uh, how how strong was your passion for beer when you when you literally uh, took a, a complete 180 in terms of your career choice? Well, so in college, I was obviously doing some home brewing, um, and I just loved it. That's uh, like all I thought about. Um, more so, just actually making it um, yeah. and, the, and the science behind it. Uh, now, granted, it was like the worst beer ever, but uh, <laughs> I. I <laughs> I really liked it a lot. Um, and, and, you know, football wasn't a complete, you know, I, I dedicated a lot of my, my time to football. I learned invaluable things from it. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't regret it, but 
it was definitely the time to take a step back and move on. Uh, my passion was gone. I was completely burnt out and I just wanted to finally do something that I I have always, uh, you know, since started homebrewing what I always wanted to dive into. So, Mm. um, you know, it, it was, it was a valuable experience, but, um, you know, it, it was definitely time to move on for me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you went, you went into, uh, you went in, uh, not as a brewer, but you went in as a food runner, you mentioned. And for, yeah, yeah. For, for those of you that, uh, is not American, a food runner is basically someone that carries the food from A to B, but you were not there for neither the running or the food, but for, for the beer. So, uh, so you, you got, uh, after a while you got, uh, you got working in the, in the brewery as well. Yeah, the uh, master brewer who's actually working at um, Samuel Smith's, um, he came out to Sweetwater Tavern to help get that whole um, pub chain um, going. And he was amazing. He also had like a really, really dry sense of humor, um, which I really enjoyed. Um, But yeah, he like pretty much showed me the ropes on professional brewing. which I really appreciated a lot. Um, and then from there, I was just curious about the whole industry. So I, I was curious about um, the business side, the marketing side. Um, so I, um, I I did sales and marketing, or I did uh, marketing and um for a little bit of time and then um, jumped into the, as a sales rep for several breweries until I decided, Hey, I want to get my hands dirty and actually get back to brewing beer. So um, I saw, I met my wife who lived in Columbus, Ohio at the time. And she was interning with um, the commanders. And I, um, When I visited her and her family out in Columbus, Ohio, I fell in love with the place. So started looking at jobs out here and um, picked up a job as an assistant brewer. Um, And I worked there for two years under uh, Ryan Torres. He's amazing Um, at at Brew Brothers and at at Scioto Downs. And then uh, after two years there, I decided it was time to to gain more responsibility. Mm. So I, I reached out to Aslan because back home in Virginia, my brothers kept talking about Aslan and how awesome <laughs> their beer is. And I I knew they were planning on, planning on expanding. So I reached out one day to the owners. And I was like, hey are you all hiring? Like, I would love to like, uh, talk about, you know, brewing beer, beer with you all. And, mm. um, they were kind enough to allow me to, to interview. And, um, funny story about that is I left my entire book, like my entire backpack there with my computer and everything. <laughs> so I had to coordinate my brother to go and pick it up for me. Um, but I worked there for five years. Um, after working there for, I think it was two years, we started looking for a QAQC lab, head of lab. Um, and I personally was 
really starting to dive deep into my, the microbiology aspect of, to it and what you know different bacteria and yeast um can do for beer and i was like i'm down for it if, if you all are you know not sure which direction to go and they're like all right so they sent me up to montreal canada to study for two weeks um at the Lalamont facility and it was for the siebel institute of technology and it was called beer microbiology it was an amazing course a lot of hands-on stuff mm. uh, a lot of um classwork and um after that i was just like hooked i just wanted to learn and practice it as much as i could and luckily at aslan i had all that uh, great equipment at my at my um, disposal so like I, I was responsible for the the lab build out and uh, the owners were like cool let's do it so i um put together my massive list and they were kind enough to you know they they believed in you know what i what i thought was the right direction to go and mm. you know they gave me a lot of awesome equipment there so um and then as i became obsessed i started uh to, you know um started coming in contact with um some folks in the biotech industry which um they were kind enough to show me some some tricks and uh started diving into the more experimental stuff so um and then after you know s some experience behind that i just started understanding that um you know, some of these research papers are like pretty intimidating, but if you actually, if you actually read it, you can be like, I can do this. Yeah. Like I remember reading a forced mutation. Um, it was a paper about forced mutation. And I was like, all this is saying is you need UV light and this piece of equipment. So I bought the piece of equipment on eBay, uh, did the experiment myself and it worked. So like, don't be intimidated by, you know, research papers, like actually just take a second and see if you can physically do it. It's really not, you know, some of the stuff, yeah, you need some ridiculous equipment, but some of it, like a lot of it out there, you really don't you just need to sit down and put together a plan and buy the stuff. Yeah. So. I think you're. Yeah, I think you're touching on something. Uh, one of our former guests had on Lars Marus Garshul, the the man who who brought uh, Quake to uh, to the world. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You know, he he mentioned how he had to re relearn a language so he could read the science because uh, what they were saying was so uh, within their scope of uh, of and way of communication that for a, a, a quote unquote regular person it was hard to to understand but i think you're you're right usually it's not that complicated but it's just a certain way of phrasing and, and yeah it definitely to is a point and uh, and everything so so you so you brought this what what were some of your your most uh, like fascinating uh, realization as you you went into this uh, this space and, and this field i guess there was well i'll go i'll walk through like three of the organisms that um that i've kind of worked on mm. internally uh which i also realized when doing all these experiments that it takes a lot of resources and a lot of time so yeah. um until species x gets equipment equivalent to what aslan has we'll be leaning pretty heavily on 
third parties such as Omega, White Labs. Um, Berkeley Yeast, obviously, is a really big one for us. Um, all those people that are on the cutting edge of, um, you know, experimenting with gene editing, hybridization, um, that sort of thing. But um, there are three big ones that I worked on. Um, one is called, nicknamed Longsword, um, which is banked at Omega right now. Um, apparently, I I say this, but like, don't get too excited. I, apparently, it was from a um, sourdough culture uh, from a Welsh family that's been uh, going since for over 800 years. Okay. So apparently, a knight, uh, I forget his name, but a knight uh, originally um, made the the starter, the sourdough starter. Okay. And the family has kept it going. Now they claimed it was, they had a certificate and everything because I asked them, but I never like physically saw it. So, no. <laughs> you know, I like, I, I can't say it definitely is, but um, the, the idea was pretty cool um, if it is. Uh, but I, I got that culture in it, like a dry packet and mm -hmm. I plated it out. I saw a Saccharomyces cerevisiae um, colony for sure so scooped it up uh propped it up and it was definitely not our house strain or anything i've tasted before um so i put it in the ipa and it was awesome mm. um for it, it made a really amazing hazy ipa mm. so and it, it's got like a little bit of like lime zest lemon zest and then just a little bit of I don't know where the bitterness comes from, but it has like a little shot of it, um, hmm. which balances out with the the rest of, um, you know, hazy IPAs tend to be pretty sweet. This yep. balances it out like perfectly. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's just like a peppery kind of um, flavor or something that I'm perceiving it as bitter, but uh, man, that, that yeast is awesome. So we'll be, we'll be using longsword. Um, at some points and then the the other ones are nightmare which is a it's a Britannomyces strain that i forced me to, we we were having issues with um beers not bottle conditioning so what i did was i i made like a gradient of these uh plates and each one got the ph lower and lower and lower or the ta uh the total uh titratable acidity was higher and higher and higher and what i did is i plated this blend of brett strains on um all these plates and i did it without mutating them saw where that threshold was i was like okay that's the baseline hmm. so then i took and i took all the uh i took that baseline where you know, breath strains should not be surviving at. I did the same thing, put them on, uh, I, I copied that baseline, put a, uh, a bunch of breath strains on all of them, put them in this uh, UV light um, mutagenesis machine. I forget what the heck it's called, uh, but it's great. You can dial in the joules. So huh. I did one joule, three joules, 10 joules. Um, 
And sure enough, one of them had several strain colonies pop up on it when it shouldn't be. You know what I mean? So uh, I propped up one of the colonies and this thing like rate, like it must've been like a side effect or something, but, and I don't have like scientific evidence of this, but uh, this strain rages um, like really aggressive fermenter and it has zero issues, bottle conditioning, zero. Um, so, uh, and I, I called it nightmare because, you know, usually yeast, um, you have the ability to uh, kind of nuke them with acid if you wanted to. Well, this one's going to be a little harder to deal yeah. with. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> understand. It can be a little bit dangerous. Yeah. I, I understand. Yeah, if, you, if you don't, yeah, if you don't handle it correctly. I, I get the, um, I get the nightmare uh, <laughs> brand for it. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, the last one is, uh, I call it Rave. Um, it was our house Conan strain. And it was a really easy transformation of a jellyfish DNA, which made it fluoresce in uh, UV light. And uh, obviously, I'm not going to, this is just a proof of concept that I could take a plasmid from like Agene or something like that and um, shove it into a, a house drain. Yeah. So um, I'm definitely not going to be using it to consume it was more so just a proof of concept or if i do use it it would be just for display yeah um anything that we'll be using is um you know genes that humans regularly uh consume and obviously it's safe so yeah. <laughs> but, sti <laughs> but still a really really fun experiment to to do and to uh, to to learn from i can imagine Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. It was an awesome learning experience for sure. Um, so, you know, I'm going to be kind of limited from here until now. I'm going to be kind of limited unless I, um, you know, I, I'm able to um, make some connections with people, some serious labs or um, build my own lab, uh, yeah. which obviously is definitely going to be a uh, priority. Yeah. And then... Um, Yeah, that that's it for the the kind of the carbon. I call it the carbon species. Uh, it, I've been trying to figure out a way to that. You know, species X has two main arms. You got the carbon species, which is um, the novel biological uh, organisms, and then you have the silicon species, which is uh, artificial intelligence. So yeah. um, that was the way that we've decided to kind of. Um, differentiate and simplify what's going on. Mm. Yeah, because uh, because uh, after Aslin, now you're you're on the way to uh, to uh, opening your own tap room in uh, yep. Q1 of, of next year. But already in 2021, you had the first brews uh, ready, and you already touched on it here. But uh, uh, unless you've been living under a rock, uh, AI even in a in a small country like Norway we have heard about it machine learning we know about it uh, and <laughs> and the only the only way i have seen it being used within the fermentation space is uh, really as a novelty or as a um, a marketing gimmick like all right we're going to be the first to create the uh, ai recipe uh, for a yeah. beer but but you're really taking this to to a new uh, new level so so what made you say that all right i want to start 
uh, our own beer product, our own brewery, and we want to utilize this new power to create it. What? Why? I guess it's the, the simple and hard question. <laughs> so, so I guess I, I when I started following, I, I've always wanted to code um, mm. and to learn coding, and this was one way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just curious, so I started coding and stuff, and I remember running the first model in R, the R language, um, and I was like, oh my gosh, this actually worked. Um, <laughs> it's really powerful. It's like, it's hard to explain. Like, it's like people say AI can be powerful, but this stuff, like, as far as um, it's really impressive uh, how close you can get it. Um, but I mean, it, what it does is it, I think I see it as an extra tool. So there are some things that, especially with my models that have lower guardrails, um, it'll, it'll kind of break you. It'll, if you're in a rut trying to be creative, it'll break you free of that um, yeah. <laughs> fast. If you're looking for something out, like completely outlandish, mm. um, but also as a tool to like, I can ask my models, okay, out of the future set, which is the labels for all the columns, um, i.e. Uh, amount of whirlpool hops, amount of dry hops, uh, what type of hop, pH, mash temp, uh, all those are feature variables. Um, you, can actually, you can actually ask these models, um, okay, put this into a histogram and explain to me the most important variables that make an inference on the overall review of this beer recipe. And it'll do that after it trains. Yeah. So not only is not only does it have the ability to just come up with recipes, but it, it can actually tell you the most important variables. Mm. And so it's very valuable. That's hugely valuable. It's um, it's what the the bigger companies have whole departments to do, <laughs> to work on for exactly for a long yeah. Time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, and, but, hmm? I was just gonna say, you know, a lot. Of, I get this all the time. Uh, people ask me, so you just use GBT to come up with a recipe? That is not true. Um, now, granted, we do use large language models, but that's only um part of the agents that we use and that's only a very minor um model that we will use everything else is mostly machine learning and algorithms uh for in you know all of our stuff is all internal data um so yeah it, it's I all ask i want to ask you yeah. about that so so the uh gpt i would recommend a lot of breweries use it for their description of a beer because that yeah. is usually not done very well by, yeah. by the majority of brewery people in, in uh, including myself so for inspiration there but that is more on the language side but you're doing it with machine learning meaning you have parameters that you have been feeding into um uh, into quote-unquote machine right yeah so it it trains on variables and then it makes a prediction on one of your columns. So mm. um, my column being uh, internal and external reviews mm. on specific recipes. Um, and what's cool about that is, you know, you can change the prediction variable if you wanted to. 
So say you have your review variable at a, a 10 out of 10. You can go back to one of your other variables and change them around and be like, okay, what if I did, you know, what's going to predict the mash temperature for this specific recipe in order to get a, you know, as close to a 10 out of 10 as possible. Um, you could theoretically do that. Um, so, you know, I mean, a 10 out of 10 is not really <laughs> seen around. Maybe it's like, you know, maybe it's like a, uh, eight and a half or something like that. You could, you could th theoretically do that. Mm. Um, so, um, yeah, what, what I want, wanted to say is, you know, some of these breweries have been using ChatGPT to come up with beer recipes, but it's very generic. Um, yep. give me a hazy IPA or a lager. Um, our models are deeply rooted throughout the entire brewery and brewing process. So um, it's not just a, hey, give me a, a hazy IPA. It's okay, um, based on what you brewed before um, and the reviews you got for e each one of these specific recipes, this is going to be the best recipe out of these 10,000 recipes that I've generated. Yeah. So it'll bring up um, those top recipes. What's also cool is you can take um, you can take someone else's recipe or your own recipe, and I say someone else like if they want to see what rating that their recipe will generate, then um, I could plug that into one of the models, and it'll spit out. Okay, it'll come out to it's predicted to be around this. Mm. So, so so what are some of the parameters that you're feeding with uh, that? That you that you see can really make a difference in the, the sort of result you're getting after after feeding. <laughs> I mean, so one of my favorite things is brute forcing stuff with a, a grid search. Mm. Um, that seems to be the one of the best ways to. I mean, you need a lot more computing power for it, but um, in my opinion, you get much better results with that. And then also ensembling, don't be afraid to ensemble different algorithms with each other. Mm. Um, I found it especially useful with, um, there's a neural, neural network that I use that does a really good job um, on classification, but um, it could only, it's only restricted to predicting think like eight numbers or something. So if you mix that in with another algorithm to kind of like make a more precise prediction, it's pretty scary accurate. Mm. Um, and I've seen this, this model or this variation of this model. Um, like I, I use this in, inside of ghosts sometimes, which is our IPA model. Mm. And um, it's gotten within 0.03 of the rating mm. that it predicted, which is pretty dang close. <laughs> so the models are actually like, I'm, I've been pretty surprised on um, how accurate they are. Yeah. So, so, so uh, uh, for, for someone who is not that uh, heavy into uh, the tech world, 
uh, how would you go about maybe using the the power that uh, AI and ML can can bring to a, a brewery? Because uh, for some people, they might have heard about uh, ChatGPT, but some people haven't at all. And so, so yeah. how can can someone uh, you know get their feet wet within this kind of space and, and actually benefit it uh, in the brewery? Well, I mean, the the most important thing is to prep all your data, knowing that down the road, you're going to at some point be interested in integrating this stuff. So yeah. um, like I, what I do with all my, um, my spreadsheets is I prep them just in case down the road, I decide, okay, you know what? We could actually do a machine learning algorithm on this. Hmm. Um, so, and, and, and even that, like, you can always clean the data later too, but as long as everything is in a coherent, um, you know, columns and um, a, a computer can understand what's going in uh, with that data set. So as long as you don't have like, you know, columns going back and forth all the way down yeah. the spreadsheet um, or random words, you know, here and there, um, you can generally clean the cleanings probably the it's funny because cleaning the data is probably 90% work mm-hmm. and then the the 10 the other 10% is um is actually running the code mm-hmm. which is what's funny about that is that that's very similar to brewing <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. It's very similar. (laughs) In that respect, you're you're mostly, you know, cleaning data. Mm. It it took me, I think it took me like around seven months to find time to clean all the data. So what I'm saying is when you're inputting data, make sure you do it right the first time and you don't have to clean it much later. <laughs> it, it, sounds so. like, uh, as, it sounds like a Plato Pro might be a, a good solution to, to help uh, a little bit of the prep there since uh, it's, uh, it's digital and, uh, and live monitoring of fermentation. And that is a good, yeah. good parameter. But like, l- let's do a little bit of a thought, thought process uh, here. So, uh, so if... If you had the parameters and the data of the entire brewing process, uh, including things like um, uh, mash ton size and uh, outdoor temperature and and whatnot, um, uh, yeah, uh, how much uh, humidity there is uh, yep. and what time of the year you can do is. everything. Yeah. So so you could basically feed all of this into. Um, uh, into the system and then uh, use that to do um, basically better brews or brews that it, uh, that um, new recipes that can give you uh, uh, yeah the the quote unquote best beer possible. Uh, is that basically how how one could use this sort of system as well? Yeah, um, definitely. Now I will say the more noise you add to the model. Mm. the less, um, the more distracted it gets, essentially. Um, Now, I will say some of the algorithms such as XGBoost or the boosting trees are a little safer in that regard because they actually, um, they clip um, any direction towards, you know, a weak strength as far as inference. So... Mm. 
Um, if there's like a really bad P value um, going towards the humidity in the air, it, it's probably gonna com you know completely ignore it unless it has like a really minute um, relationship with uh, like I don't know something random like dry hopping or something um yeah. <laughs> then it'll like find that relationship mm. um so i mean but saying that so you know say you have a thousand uh features in your mm. data set or columns um you can always clean the data so um it's a lot easier to clean the data than it is to go back and be like uh what was this again <laughs> so <laughs> Um, it's easier to, it's really easy in Python to just clip out, um, features in your data set in order to shorten that and to have the algorithms a little less distracted. Yeah. So, you know, that I have to do that anyways, um, for specific styles. Um, it, it's essentially guardrails. So, um, I put up guardrails to produce styles of beers because you know uh that we have behemoth which is the the one without guardrails and that thing just we feed it all the data and it's like okay how do i get from a to b which is the highest you know rating you can get and it doesn't it ignores everything else and it <laughs> it's just like it takes in all the ipas all the stouts all the loggers and it goes how do i get from a to b Yep. Um, and usually that's like something completely outlandish, like, a you know, 16%, um, bourbon barrel aged pastry stout with coconut and it's dry hopped like 10 pounds per barrel or something like that yeah. with like ridiculous whirlpool amount. So, you know, sometimes that's not, I mean, that behemoth does have some really awesome recipes, but you know, you don't want those kind of recipes to be taking up all 26 or, uh, you know, four, I guess it would be 13 taps in the tap room at all times. No, no that's so, <laughs> yeah. So you want, you want guardrails up for, uh, your models to be making, uh, you know, the best rated, uh, logger you can make or yeah. the best rated triple IPA, double IPA you can make. Uh, we have smoothie. We have one for um, smoothie style beers that we'll be doing. Um, what other ones? Uh, fruited sours, uh, Darwin. Um, so, you know, you, you just have to have, you know, a little. It's supervised learning, so you have to have some control. And you know, the humans, at least for, as far as us goes, you know, the, the humans are somewhat needed or they are needed. Otherwise, you know, it's not going to be, um, you know, it's, it's not going to end up with something that's even practical to, to execute on a, on a, in a scope of a business. Yeah. So, and, and it sounds a little bit, uh, if you're using it, uh, it sounds a little bit like, like brewing, basically just keep it simple, stupid. That's usually how, how it works for, for both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but it seems like uh, with the job you've done uh, initially, 
um, and what you continue to do to to develop uh, the machine learning, of course, because that never stops. That's a continuous process. You don't do it once. Exactly. You, you continue yeah. to, to feed it and, and continue to to develop it. Um, now you are like a, 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 a quote unquote single. Uh, uh, example on how you can use it within the brewing space, but but how do yeah. you think, knowing what you do now uh, for the next like five to ten years, how is uh, how do you see AI and ML being a part of of the beer scene or the fermentation space? Well, what I like about it, or part of why why I like it is, um, you know, it can completely remove me if I wanted to, as mm-hmm. far as um, from the equation and it gives the customers what they want Mm -hmm. and if the customers get what they want you know the more sales you're going to be getting um which is always great um and then also like some of these models have their own taste so like you know you go you walk into a brewery and you're like okay this you know this tastes like this brewer made this well these models have their own taste to them as well um which is really interesting so um it just adds um it adds um more heads into the game um it can it what it does is it increases um creative efficiency so it amplifies a brewer's ability to um think about recipes it's like sitting in a room with you know six other people um talking about what what kind of beer they should make next when it's actually just one person mm. i think i think that's not to be underestimated in the, uh, especially not in in the craft beer scene where you have uh plenty of one-man shows or three-man shows uh or three-person shows uh, where you uh, where you you have the passion to drive but not necessarily the resources uh, that you would have in uh, like a bigger brewery where you can go first to the marketing department and then to the product development team and exactly, then yeah. to the brewery. so so small I, th- I think i see it for my myself as well not a direct uh, comparison but i see it to it it uh, boosts my creativity when i uh, in creating articles or uh, or content or whatever it's a good tool to feed in since i'm a one man show it's good to to get some feedback there and then take it to the next step and i, I see a little bit of the same um way of using it within uh, within the the fermentation space as well yeah i mean I don't think it's going to be taking people's jobs, to be honest. Um, I think it's just going to increase efficiency of everyone. Yep. So um, that's what I'm excited about. And as I lead, you know, I was talking about before, it's just it. It's like putting your creativity on overdrive, um, which is awesome. Mm. Um, and then you were mentioning, you know, five to ten years down the road, what I, I think it's going to be looking like. Um, I think uh, I personally would like to see more fermentation data. So um, Plato is very interesting to me. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's something that's in our peripheral right now. Mm. Um, and then, you know, one of our ambitious goals is to uh, prep and um, take brewing into space. Um, we all know that as I was allude- alluding at before or talking about before was, um, 
you know, civilization uh, revolved around beer, uh, or, you know, people claim that that's where civilization, um, you know, uh, initially manifested at was around fermented beverages. Um, and I, I think it's really important to really start thinking about taking care of those um, that are going to be orbiting space here in, you know, 10 years or so, and um, as well as on the lunar surface. And then obviously the, the hard trip to Mars. So um, we, I, that's going to be my plan um, to help with that transition. Um, so we'll be investing in and, um, you know, hopefully um, touching base with uh, like-minded people to, to make that happen. Mm. Yeah, so exactly. like artificial intelligence obviously is going to be um, a huge help, I think, in, in that respect. It can mm. kind of um, assist with fermentation, um, creating a new recipe so the astronauts don't need to um, you know, necessarily uh, – like we, you could have a brewer on the ground, um, which kind of, you know, trains or – uh, helps out the AI up in the space station or the colonies to um, assist with the brewing. So um, I see that kind of helping with that side of things as well. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, out of this world uh, kind of thoughts and uh, and might sound a little <laughs> yeah. bit might sound a little bit alien to to uh, a few listeners but uh, there is no doubt that the the data driven brewing that is uh, that is really of course we in plato uh, are uh, are huge proprietors of of pushing that and and getting more knowledge and getting um, uh, getting brewers the best kind of uh, tools to create the best kind of product for for their audience and for their customer base and uh, i think um, uh, you're spearheading uh, what i think will be a, a group of uh, young entrepreneurs around uh, this space which are going to utilize something that is going to be very exciting to follow in the years to come that's, that's for sure bo yeah we're we're yeah i'm excited i i just talked to a um um a, a new uh space industry outlet last week talking about this and um they're rattling off all this stuff and or all these other companies that you know they that they were kind of directing me towards i was like wow i didn't even know like these companies around i was like this is what we need like um but like i don't want to be the only one you know i <laughs> I, we want more people in the same headspace as us. Mm. Um, otherwise, I don't think we're going to be able to get anywhere. So, but yeah, I'm excited to see what the future brings. And that's kind of what Species X is all about is to make for, um, we, we want to have the cutting edge and to, to move the industry forward in a positive view. So. Mm. Yeah, and for everyone uh, interested in getting into contact with you, we, of course we will uh, put all the links in the show notes of this uh, this podcast, and I'm uh, I'm sure the 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 more people uh, can can join in and be a part of it, I think is uh, good, just going to give more data and, and a better um, 
um, yeah, better data to to do good decisions for for the years to come through uh, through this uh, tool. So, uh, so yeah, check it check it out. I'm uh, I'm putting all the links in the in the show notes for you listeners there. So, so Bo, I, I just wanna I just wanna take uh, take the, a little minute to to thank you for introducing us to a. Um, uh, a new side of uh, of brewing, a new side of fermentation, which is uh, uh, really interesting. Maybe a little bit alien to a lot of people, including <laughs> my my old beer heart as well. But uh, the possibilities, I think, is is really interesting, and uh, uh, I'll uh, I look forward to to following Species X beer project in the in the time to come. It will be. Uh, it will be fun and a little bit different, and uh, I love every uh, aspect of it. Thank you, thank you yeah. so much for having me. Um, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, and uh, yeah, good uh, good luck getting into space uh, because everybody needs some good beer <laughs> sometimes. So, <laughs> thanks exactly. For, yeah. <laughs> thank you for the talk, Bo. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for coming with me to Ohio and my talk with Bo from Species X Beer Project. Hopefully, it gives you some inspiration on how you can utilize the changes we are seeing in technology with AI and ML. We are well underway of season two of the podcast, but we are currently looking for even more interesting guests to join us. So if you have some suggestion as um, who we should invite to the podcast, do feel free to reach out to us uh, either through email or through our social media. Until next time, have fun, drink well, and take care.